0: I'm Mindy Abair. You're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Welcome
1: to Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast.
2: Room, Music. Girl, Culture.
0: Mr. Man technology. ...and rock and roll. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. And now, Miss Pamela DeBar.
3: Hello there, dolls, and welcome to Miss Pamela's Pajama Party. I hope you're in your pajamas, because now is the time, unless you're driving, um, but now is the time to either just kick back and relax and listen to me and my wonderful guest, which today is Mike Stinson. And if you have not heard him yet, boy, are you in for a treat. The biggest treat you'll ever have in your life. How about that? (laughs) I mean it. (laughs) And this is a Pantheon podcast. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. I am an author and I'm the world's most famous groupie, you know, which has become a bad word in some areas. But it's a good word, really, because it just means love. It means the love of music and the people who make it. So I've written several books. The first one, I'm with the band. Uh, And the last one was called Let It Bleed, How to Write a Rockin' Memoir. And I teach women's writing workshops all over the place. And you can find all that information at PamelaDeBar.com. And just a little bit of news here. We are on all the platforms. Miss Pamela's Pajama Party is on Spotify and Apple and iTunes. and Some I don't even know the names of. But I know that you can find me everywhere. And we love telling rock and roll stories here at Pantheon. Music, it's all about music, 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 and the muses who inspire the music. And uh, I'm going to have new announcements every single time you hear me here at Miss Pamela's pajama party. So please come on in and sit down. Maybe take your pajamas off at one point. You're probably going to want to. Today we are live at a beautiful little studio in Santa Monica called Tropical Noise. It's just perfect, I could move in here. It's just the red and black and lit up guitars everywhere and God, Helen wolf on the walls.
0: cherry
1: Just a moment <laughs>
3: Hello, dolls. I have a thrilling show for you today. This is something I've wanted to do for so long. Probably for 15 or 20 years before I even knew I wanted to do this. This is... Uh, Mike Stinson is with me today. And a whole lot of you know that he was, he was my boyfriend for many years. And a very, very important one at that. So... <laughs> He's also a genius, um, and I can pick him. You know that. So Mike moved to Houston 10 years ago this month, which is just amazing, but he used to live in L.A., and we palled around for quite a while, and he wrote some songs about me, and you get to hear a couple of those today. So please welcome Mike Stinson.
1: All right. <laughs> Thank you.
3: You're so welcome.
1: What a pleasure.
3: Yeah. My sixth podcast.
1: Nice. Right. Got in on the early, early on the cusp.
3: Early on the that's right. So here you are. And why were you here in town this week?
1: I played in a wonderful backyard concert that's in flight. your fabulous hippie groovy pad up in the in San Versita. Fernando Valley.
3: Yes, I'm back in Racine. And we
1: had a big bash on Saturday afternoon and saw so many dear old friends from the 18 years I lived in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, everybody loved it. It was, it was jam-packed.
1: So much fun.
3: Oh, my God. We had 200 people this time. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was my final one. Right. And, of course,
1: you had to close it out. And I was so touched and honored that you called and wanted me to close out the series. Yeah. And I've been
3: doing it for almost 20 years. And we started with Simon Petty and Minnie Bar, who was who I talked to last week. And... And so you're the perfect person to close it out.
1: It was just couldn't have been any more fun.
3: Yep. Would you like to play a song for us? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's start with something you want to choose. Something, a song. Why don't we start with your brand new song? Okay. Because I'm always telling people what a genius you are, and this proves it right here. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. Um, yeah, we it can is called Draw the
3: Line.
1: Draw the Line, yes, yes. it sure is. All right, let's give it a shot then. Why not? I haven't even gotten my seat right yet. We're <laughs> off and running. All right, <laughs> yeah. here we are.
3: Oh, yeah, let's start with
2: a song. <laughs>
0: Me, I just work here. Don't ask me, I'm just toiling the line. Don't ask me, I just work here. Don't ask me, I'm just biding my time. Do you know what's in the air? You breathe it. Do you care what's in the dirt? You eat it. Do you know where it drains? Ah, who it's gonna hurt? Do you know who's on the border separating the children? I bet you must be so glad they didn't do that to you, pilgrims. Where do you draw the line? I draw it right here in front of me. Where do you draw the line? I draw it all the way around us Where do you draw the line? Don't ask me, I just work here Don't ask me, I'm just towing the line Don't ask me, I got two more weeks And then I'll be working with a friend of mine Don't ask me, I just work here Don't ask me, I'm just biding my time Don't ask me, I know that he got his And I am damn sure getting mine Do you care if the people Got any water to drink do you wonder if the grid Might be nearing the brink Are we divided forever That was the plot and They're trophy killing the American dream yeah, We're just gonna sit back and watch Where do you draw I draw it right here in front of me. Where do you draw the line? I draw it all the way around us. Where do you draw? Don't ask me, I just work here Don't ask me, I'm just sinking my teeth Into the land of the free Into the jaws of the beast You're free to starve You're free to rot You're free to watch them Take every last thing you got You're free to suffer just because you got sick. You're free to die from a prescription that you just can't kick. Are your knees getting weaker? Is your back getting bent? Are you still having trouble coming up with the rent? Are we divided forever, then the plan is complete. Somewhere I bet they're drinking brown liquor, and eating red meats. Where do you draw the line? I draw it right here in front of me. Where do you draw the line? I draw it all the way around. Where do you draw the line? I draw it right here in front of me. Where do you draw the line? We just can't hide until they find us. Know what's in the air don't ask me do you care what's in the dirt i just work here do you know where it drains don't ask me oh it's gonna hurt i just work here do you care if the people don't ask me got any water to drink i just work here do you wonder if the grid don't ask me I might be nearing the brink, I just work here. Are we divided forever? Don't ask me. Then the plan is complete, I just work here somewhere. I bet they're drinking brown liquor and eating hair.
3: God, Mike, it's, it's so interesting and cool that we started with that song because that's your most recent song.
1: Yeah, that's when we just started doing here in the last couple months.
3: Just so incredible. Thank you. And and what, I guess obviously we know what triggered it, but I
1: mean, well, I mean, yeah, at a certain point you have to make a comment on the yeah, times. Yes. You
3: know? <laughs> yes. Well, you know what I want to do? I want to start from the beginning then, since this was your most recent song. Let's go back to what in the world, where you're from on the Eastern Shore. Right. There's no musicians in your family.
1: Correct. <laughs> yeah.
3: Let's and, see. and how did that, I mean, what made you think you wanted to do this?
1: I don't know. Cause, Cause, I mean, I you know, probably doubted it for plenty of time. Still do now and then. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. You mean... Uh,
3: Early, just early. playing
1: music earlier no, little kid, kid. What,
3: well what I remember John like Denver was
1: my hero when I was a little kid and I, I have no idea where I heard him the first time you know but uh, thank God I'm a country boy you know yeah, somehow that resonated with me when and, I was six years old oh and I was so into him I remember my mom my grandma took me to see him in concert the first rock first musical concert I ever went to That
3: know. is just so cool of them
1: And yeah, to
3: to to realize how important that was to you to to see him in person.
1: Yeah, well, I had like I think I had every single one of his albums, and I knew every (laughs) word on every one of those albums at like seven years old. You know?
0: Wow.
1: So this is way before the drums. You know, I had a whole lifetime as a drummer uh, before I summoned up the whatever it took to start writing songs of my own.
3: Yeah, which was about. Twenty years ago, mid
1: twenties, yeah, probably because yeah. I, yeah, I I played the drums as hard as I could go for, yeah. you know, ages before I.
3: And how did I that start? Writing, and how did drumming? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I had that thing with John Denver as a little kid, and took some guitar <laughs> lessons, but my hands weren't big enough to really play the damn thing, and uh, <laughs> and I remember I was on a ski trip with my folks. They took me and my brother to a, up somewhere in New England to go snow skiing in the wintertime. And in the little hotel that we stayed in, there was a little bar, little lounge in the hotel, and there was a band playing there every night of the week, you know, that we were up there for a week snow skiing during the day, and at night, you could go into the bar. We were little kids, but they didn't care, yeah. you
3: know. Uh-huh. Good, because it was family and vibe. And I but... just
1: remember absolutely being mesmerized by this drummer, you know, no idea who it was or anything. Of course, they were probably playing top 40 music or something, but yeah. So that was probably nine years old or something like that.
3: So that, I mean, that, it's so interesting, I mean, you must have been, you know, Gene Krupa in your last life or something, to be drawn, <laughs> to, be drawn to the drums. It was just right because, away,
1: yeah, right from. I, I mean, remember right from that ski trip of watching that guy, you know, every night. I was I would started begging my parents for a drum set, and it took them about four years to finally mm, break God, down and get me one because it was all I asked years. for for every birthday and every uh, Christmas, oh. you know. And finally, they bought me the drum kit for Christmas. And then my mom found this guy, Georgie Hope. He was the only drummer within, you know, a hundred miles in either direction from our house. <laughs> yeah. And my mom knew him. And she called him over. Hey, can you come over and show my son? He's got a drum set. He needs to, will you show him how to play it, you know? And this guy became a huge uh, part of my life, Georgie Hope. I mean, he taught me how to play the drums, but he also taught me how to drink whiskey and... He was hysterically funny you know and he was a At big 14? personality 14, yeah i was about talk- 13. When wow I got he drum taught you how kit. to drink
3: whiskey that young pretty young huh? <laughs> did you, <laughs> yeah did your mom know
1: that he would come down on the weekends <laughs> and uh he would raid my parents liquor cabinet oh. while he taught me drum lessons <laughs> and i was like oh that's how you do it okay yeah <laughs> good I, I could probably figure that
4: out uh, he but he was us?
1: very funny, and he everyone loved him all over the shore. I went around with him, rode around in the car with him. We would go listen to music, you know. Uh, everywhere we stopped, life
3: changer. Everyone right? loved
1: him, and he was hysterically funny. And I just wanted to be him, you know. Yeah. So that was another thing. And his enthusiasm for the drums too, you know. He kept me after it. I mean, I was already bit real bad, but he, between, you know, and hanging with him and learning how to play the drums. I mean, I was just, I was just. Lost in that world for you know 15 20 years before yeah. I really got around to writing a song.
3: Yeah. Is he still with us, Georgie? No, did he pass? no, when did no. he pass? Georgie died. I remember you telling me about him a lot
1: three or four years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. But we Sorry. kept in touch all along. You
3: know? Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, so from there. I mean, okay, you had bands, you had several bands, some very interesting name bands, as I recall. Oh
1: man, just, just <laughs> hundreds and hundreds. You know, I banged around Hollywood for
3: Well when did you get to Hollywood years.
1: Nineteen ninety one.
3: But but you played in bands before well, that.
1: Yeah, I played in a hippie band on the East band. Coast when I was in college and uh And then, you know, once I I got out of college in Washington, D.C., and I realized pretty shortly, like, if you're really serious about playing music, you better move to a music town, you know? So it was Los Angeles, Nashville, or New York. Yeah. And L.A. seemed like the coolest of those to me at the time, you know?
3: Did you bring your mullet with you? So
1: uh, let's see. Did I bring my mullet with me? That's a good question. (laughs) I think I left my mullet in the 80s. (laughs) I think.
3: I saw that picture. (laughs) You had a fabulous mullet. Yeah, I
1: did. It was pretty awesome. Um, I met you
3: post-mullet, of course.
1: Huh? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Now, someone just unearthed some old pictures, some old mullet pictures that were really awesome. Uh, And, of course, I let them fly out there on uh, all the sites and everything. I mean, you know, got to hide that sort of thing. It was hilarious. I mean, Willie Nelson had one at the time, too, so I figured I was all right.
3: At the time he did, huh? Yeah, 80s. Yeah. 80s Willie mullet.
1: Uh, but I got to Hollywood in 91. Right. And uh, I think I had left my mullet a few years behind at that point. <laughs> now,
3: you, you'd you had some bands, and, you know, that's a brave move to just decide to move to L.A. Did you know anyone mm-hmm. here yet?
1: At- I knew one person here. Huh. And he said I could crash on his couch for a while till I found a place. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty radical departure, you know, but... I knew at that point I was going to play music. You know, I was going to stick with it for a long, long time. You know,
3: yeah, probably and forever. I'm
1: trying to worm my way into the music business somehow <laughs> over decades.
3: But you did pretty well. For didn't
1: which you? I've been roundly punished. No, <laughs> no. So, Well, maybe. <laughs> I have no, I have no fear.
3: As a drummer, you you played all kinds of sessions, right?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. I played not You know, gosh, I mean, it's long. Long list of of folks. I mean, uh, some good, some you know, vast majority of which you you wouldn't know. You know, I mean, I kicked around. My roommate was a producer, so all the local singer-songwriters that didn't have a band already that were making records at my house, I would I was the house drummer. Right, right.
3: Charlie McGovern,
1: cool folks. Yeah, Charlie McGovern (laughs) was was my great great friend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember, in fact, one of our first dates, I remember, was oh. July 4th, and you came over to our old house in the valley and brought over, like, hot dogs and potato salad, and we had, like, a 4th of July. Yes, I did. Remember that?
3: I remember it real well.
1: Yeah. That <laughs> was fun. Charlie was there. Yeah. I think it might have just been the three of us.
3: Um, There were a few people, right and you were playing music.
1: Oh, we were I at the same on time. I was on the piano bench yeah, with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had Graham Parsons' <laughs> old piano in that house. Remember, it was his... My landlord was Bill Elkins and he and Phil Kaufman were tight tight buddies and when God
3: I'd forgotten Graham's
1: that equipment got dispersed there was nowhere to take the piano and and Bill my landlord told Phil Kaufman oh you can put it in the back house back here and it's just and it was, lived it, there it was a little it, upright Where is it now? Wooden upright piano still there I'm sure. Okay. Was Graham's piano is really cool it had cigarette burns and some of keys Do you the think anybody you and,
3: think you think Polly could buy it off someone? I yeah. Mean, yeah I mean I, she would love to have Polly as his daughter, for those who don't know, my goddaughter. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Oh my Sitting God! There. We
3: need to find that out. You're is just... is there is there photos of him with that piano?
1: Well, that was the thing, you know. We, it was, as far as really verifying the authenticity of that, I mean, mm. we couldn't really, yeah. you know. But I mean, <laughs> the the it was a direct line. I mean, I knew, you know, it, whose hands it had passed through. Yeah, it made yeah. absolute, and perfect sense why it would be there. Yeah. Now, can I swear to you on, a, you know, that uh, that it is? No, I can't. But I mean, boy, it's. It had a vibe for sure.
3: You told me that Graham was like your conduit into actual real life country music. Yes,
1: yes, that for is so true. For so
3: many people that's true. I grew up myself. in
1: uh, southern California, uh, excuse me, southern Virginia, and um and outlaw country was big in my hometown. So I already knew about Willie Nelson and Hank Williams Jr. and mm-hmm. some of those country uh, outlaw dudes. And mm-hmm. I was a huge Willie Nelson fan already as a teenager. But yes, I didn't get to the old school, traditional country honky-tonk dudes until I got, became acquainted with Grand Parsons. That is true, yeah.
3: And was that because of the sound of his music, or did you go deep and hear I
1: his I went covers? deep. You know, when you, you, you hear somebody you love... Then you want to find out where they came from, and you go back and you read about them, their biography, or whatever. Oh, that he was into muddy waters and so and so and blip-blop, and then you go and find that stuff.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's the same thing. I mean, and, and in fact, Graham, I found from reading the Keith Richards book, you know, a huge Stones fan, of course. Mm-hmm. And I read a Keith Richards biography, and they talked about this great friendship you have with Graham oh. Parsons. And so yeah. I was like, all right, who's this Graham Parsons guy? And I went and got his records, and i was like, whoa, I love this. This makes. Absolute perfect sense to me, this kind of music, you know.
3: Well, it stems from Country Boy. I'm a country boy, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, it
1: goes mean, all the a way back. Bit of a line right? through there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we discussed. Yeah. There was probably <laughs> yes. a little bit of John Denver in that show <laughs> yes. I played the other day. Somewhere <laughs> yes. tucked in there, you know. But Graham, yeah. Then when I learned, okay, who was Graham into? And then it was George Jones and Ray Price and Merle Haggard mm. and just Ray on Price. down the line of the great, great, greats. And I got lost in that world for yeah. a long, yeah. long time. Yeah.
3: Because when I first saw you play, I was trying to figure it out. Yesterday, we we're trying to figure out whether I first saw you at the Silver Lake Lounge, yes, or, or at in Joshua Tree for one of those Grand Parsons events. It was oh. right around the same time, though. Yeah,
1: Lounge. I don't know which would be which, but that was, you know, that was all right around then. I started my own band. This is after drumming in L.A. for yeah. ten years. Yeah. Two thousand one was when I started. Doing shows just under my own name, standing up front with a guitar, had a band backing me up. That was 2001.
3: And how many and so songs I met you probably
1: you... in 2002 or something.
3: Yeah, I think I, we we and, casually and I, met. In yeah, because I played my
1: first Grand Parsons Festival was I remember fall of oh. 2001, in Joshua Tree. So I, think, I must have yeah. met you like the year after yeah, that. Yeah, it was the
3: second one I think in that theater, yeah.
1: High Desert Playhouse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Lucinda came and you down. Sang and with sang with Lucinda
3: Williams. He was dating her. He was dating Lucinda.
1: Right. And uh, she came with us out there to do that Joshua Tree thing, and she we traded Graham songs on stage yeah. for
3: that was such an hour, a cool time. and
1: it was a oh, really really cool.
3: I brought movie. my spiritual teacher Light with me. Oh yeah, that's who was there with me that yeah. time. Yeah. Wow. And so your first song that of you what? were proud of, that you wrote.
1: Oh man, do you remember it? I. Really? Gosh, I don't know, because I wrote a bunch of silly songs before I wrote one that I thought was good, you know what I
3: mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I'd written, just just when you learn chords and you just jumble them together and you don't really know what key you're in or what's supposed to go where or the one to the four to the five or any of that stuff, you know, before I even knew what that was, I had strung together some sentences and some chords, you Yeah. Know? But I think the uh, the breakthrough for me where I was like, wait a minute, I think I might be onto something here was after getting into Graham Parsons and country music oh. and oh, okay. digging on that simple but perfectly beautiful template for a country song, you know, straight ahead yeah. country type of no song. No bullshit. Right. The yeah. themes made sense to me. The music made sense to me. I was like, oh, I see how this works, you know. And I started writing songs in that Format, you know, and and yeah, early on, uh, put me on. I remember was one of the very mm. first songs. I was like, this is an actual, this is a real, this is a somewhat legitimate, you know, country song here. Makes sense. Every line, you know. What I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Put me on was an early one. I uh, can't call Virginia was another yeah. one that came along I
3: remember all those early. beautiful early songs.
1: And uh, yeah,
3: I was so enthralled with you. The first night I danced to you though, was at the Silver Lake Lounge. And yeah. that was the night that Dwight Yoakam showed up. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was, I remember going, whoa, this guy must be really important if Dwight Yoakam's here looking at him.
1: How cool is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I was able to impress you that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it was cool. Dwight had come to a show I played at the Tex, Tex Lounge, the French restaurant that used to have shows. I don't know if they still do.
3: I thought it was a Silver Lake Lounge.
1: No, but I'm saying when Dwight first came, oh, first time first Dwight came. ever came okay. to a show of mine, okay. Lucinda invited him oh. and his girlfriend to the Tex Lounge, mm, good for and her. he showed up, and he, and he really dug it, and uh, exchanged numbers, and, and chit-chatted a while. And then he showed up at the Silver Lake Lounge, and that was the night he said, because he only came to the Silver Lake Lounge once, and that mm. was the night he pulled me aside after the show and said, hey, would it be okay with you if I record your song, Late Great Golden State? That was that same night.
3: Why don't you sing that for us? Sure, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's on two or three of his albums, isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: on a, a, a compilation. The, thing, yeah. the, the record it came out was called Population Me. I think it was around 2003. And um, and then since then, it's been on a couple of his compilations. Mm-hmm. One of them's called The Very Best of Dwight Yoakam. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Late Great Golden State. And that was an early one, too. It was our first album. I was first starting to write mm-hmm. uh, that type of a tune. But... Want to try it?
3: Yeah. Let's hear it.
0: In the late great golden state, it's getting hard to negotiate. When you're one slip from a grim fade in the late great golden state, in the late great golden state. I don't do much, but I'm always late I ain't old, but I'm out of date In the late great golden state Ain't much or nothing on the plate And it ain't a whole lot to celebrate They'll pack you up and send you home in a crate And well, it's the late great golden state Till I caught one last glimpse of the path of me know, and I rode out to see the purple sage, and as the canyons burn and the mountains crumble, the last cowboy band left the stage. In the lake, great golden state, nice place for a Clean slate, but leave your expectations at the gate. And it's the late great golden state. It's the late great golden state. It's the late great golden state.
3: Thank you. Yeah. How did you, did you feel that like Southern California's music scene was fading at that time? Um,
1: I it wasn't so much that as I felt that I had missed the the golden oh. age that oh, okay. I had wished wish I had been here for after reading all the books about the right. Sunset Strip and the whiskey and the Yeah you know, the uh. birds, the Buffalo Springfield and the and the birds and the burrito brothers yes. and all that cool stuff that was happening there. And then when I got to Hollywood it was, you know, the the hair bands had taken over, right. you know. Some some very good. I'm not taking away from you, not necessarily from that. Great hair, you know. But um, no, they were good. It was fine. It was just uh, yeah, it was just a different scene, you know. But and the
3: Palomino had closed. So me making, right?
1: yeah. Well, with uh, well, the line, I caught one last glimpse of the Palomino. Yeah, yeah the Palomino was the club up on Lancashire Boulevard yeah. in the Valley where all the country greats played yep. back in the day. Yep. The George Joneses, the Waylon Jenningses, the oh Johnny Paychecks, all that. Jerry Lee. Johnny Cash. Count Everly
3: yeah, Brothers. I mean, went On and
1: on and on. And yeah. <laughs> uh, it was still open when I got here. Um, oh, it was. Yeah, I played there a few times oh. in the last couple of years that it oh. was open. Remember Bryson Jones? I joined his band. Uh, remember Bryson? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, I just mean that, you yeah. know. Uh, but no, it, I as don't remember. As he was a big what was the of name
3: this, of that band?
1: The Lost Highway.
3: Oh. After that, the great... Uh, you had, like, uh, the second fiddles.
1: Oh, God, oh, no, space go heaters, the oh, second I <laughs> fiddles. I mean, <laughs> we had so many, many different names. Uh, what I else? Tell I me. know, we used to laugh all the time because uh, I'd be telling you something. I know, oh, that was I've when I was in the, the so-and-so's, that. and... The Second crack Fiddles
3: up. is just an incredible name.
1: And you know what? I, the, everybody fought me on that tooth and nail. I wanted to call the band The Second Fiddles, and and, and and my bandmates thought it was too self-deprecating. Yeah. You know, like, well, oh, how do you <laughs> want to be the second fiddle? You want to be the first chair, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah but, it, but it's, it's just country a, music. It, it, it fits yeah. the theme. It, you it totally know, fits like, it. hey, yeah. we don't have to flex our muscles here, man, the second fiddles, I thought it was a charming name, but anyway.
3: Um, so, so you were called the Lost Highway with Bryson?
1: Bryson's band was called the Lost Highway after the great Hank Williams song, actually written by Leon Payne, but made famous by Hank Williams' Lost Highway, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, yeah, that became the name of the band. I, I didn't name it, I just, Bryson, you know. Was, and we're and, and drumming Bryson Jones, or singing with Bryson? Gr- br- I was drumming.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know it
1: gets confusing. I know. know. He does
3: both. I want everyone to know that Mike is a genius at both things. He can write, (laughs) sing songs, and play drums like, kick ass. Sometimes I just want to watch you play drums. It is so hot. Thank you. You're
1: so welcome. He can write songs while he plays the
3: drums. (laughs) I'm sure you've done that.
1: No. No. (laughs) Uh, I sing and play sometimes, you know, but... uh, I've done my whole show from the drums, yes, uh, I've occasionally seen it. when it's in, in a pinch, you know.
4: Yeah.
1: So you I mean, can well, do it. If the drummer can't make it, I'll play the drums. But, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I was drumming with Bryson Jones, who's was a great rock and roll voices in yeah. this town and the whole, and he, we were in each other's circle of friends for that entire damn near 20 years, you know, and uh, I always thought he had the greatest voice of, of all of us uh, roots rockers. and country guys around LA and well, that uh, was we're quite still a scene. pals yeah
3: it he was. came to see you yesterday when, yeah yesterday. he was there on
1: Saturday yeah. and uh he actually worked at the Palomino club oh he worked in huh. there I can't remember if he was bartending I think he was bartending really? a few shifts a week I or didn't something even know that. so he wow. got us in there to play you know uh-huh. and it was the last waning yeah. days yeah. of the Palomino Uh, far past its prime but it was still there and it was still cool and we played it and that's what I meant in that song Uh, I I caught one last glimpse of the Palomino okay
3: okay I thought Uh, it had closed when you got here no well wow there's so much to talk about
1: but yeah when I moved to Texas all this stuff about well what's Mike doing tonight is he drumming or is he singing
3: yeah yeah
1: sorry to speak about myself in the third person I'm I'm really not (laughs) insane all the way but uh i confused people with that you know moving yeah. over to singing and writing you know i'd have well, people who knew me as a drummer would come and say what well, oh what you said so what are you doing singing what this is terrible what is going on here? <laughs> no, they didn't say you that you know and and then other people then i became get got to know so many people in the roots scene here got to know me for singing and writing and then Oh, we're going to hear Mike tonight. It's going to be great. And they get there, and I'd be drumming on a gig, you know. And it's just didn't quite. But weren't they
3: always impressed with your drumming? I mean, a lot of people didn't know you were a drummer. You know, when you became this incredible singer songwriter. We had quite a scene here in L.A. in the mid, in the you know, two thousand two, three, four, five, six. It was an amazing alternative i hate the terms but you know alternative country scene going yeah. on here that was really amazing for a few years yeah I and thought it just so too. frittered away yeah and that's why you left
1: yeah you want I mean, to try something scenes else are you know described in different ways and i mean it's you know you can't 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 call it a scene like the scene that say dwight yokum and the Blasters and X and all those guys yeah. that came out of and actually got signed and went on to make a bunch of records and and uh, make a huge impact in the world. We had a funky, cool, quirky <laughs> yeah. little yeah. country and uh, slash uh, roots uh, was, scene, and it, it oh, was incredibly it was cool with so the many, cool. many great players and cool yeah. bands uh, that we did you know co bills with uh, all the time, and, and it was I man I would say from uh, yeah early 2000s to the end of the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. There were quite a few of us, and um,
3: it was a ma- it was a ma- one of those magical times, you know. It was just perfect. Yeah, and I fell madly in love with you. That's and it's what happened. likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. I met you with Lucinda, and I thought, well, he's taken. Then <laughs> there was a time in between there. I was going, well, hmm, you're pretty shy. You're pretty shy when it comes to that stuff, and. Then you got some other girl, a friend of ours, got a hold of you, and I had to wait a little while again. Mm-hmm. and I remember at Asia's birthday party. was it two thousand and three
1: That sounds about right uh,
3: i think I think it was. And our good friend Asia, Asia and Jeremy are friends. So sometimes we say Asian Jeremy, it sounds like Asian Jeremy.
1: Right. But it's, <laughs> but it's actually Asia, Asia and Jeremy. And Jeremy. And we love them. I remember oh. when uh, Rob Douglas went on to play bass with me and become one of my best friends. He moved down from San Francisco and uh, he joined my band and he kept hearing us talk about, "Well, we're we going to Asian Jeremy's party or is Asian Jeremy coming to the gig?" <laughs> And after a while of that, Rob said, Hey, who's this guy, Asian Jeremy, that you keep talking about?
3: I know, it's pretty funny. But anyway, it was her birthday party. And I got this idea. I thought, well, I'm just gonna go approach him. You had just stopped playing, and I was just a swoon swoon fest every time you played. And I remember taking your collar and saying, Why don't we go out to dinner sometime?
1: I remember it well. Okay, good I was sweating profusely. You were sweating from profusely
3: as always. And then it took you a little while, but you called me up, invited yeah. me out to eat, and we went to Don Antonio's.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I was thinking about the night you made, uh, uh, maybe it was like salmon with capers and dill and stuff, and I was like incredibly hungover that day, and I came oh, over there to have dinner our, with that you. That was
3: our third date, actually.
1: And the dill and the capers <laughs> almost finished me off. Man. <laughs> And it was a so you know, wonderful, wonderful meal, but I was so green around the gills already that it was oh, like no. Oh man, one more bite of capers. But I might just up, lose it all.
3: Even though you were real hungover, which right. was great. Yeah. But our second date was George Jones.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, was so, pretty good.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> it was
4: really good. That was a good impressed. second
1: date. Yeah.
3: You called to invite me to George Jones. Nothing could have been quite better than yeah, that. That's yeah, that's
1: right up there with the with the coolest things to do on a date.
3: It, it is.
1: Yeah. Where was that? Orange County. Orange somewhere. County. Yeah.
3: I remember driving through. We were so hungry, and I got a veggie burger somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right before the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't forget these things, you know, when you're falling <laughs> in love, you know?
1: Yeah. Some heady times there.
3: And on, for my birthday that year, I got the best gift. That was September. We started going out in March. So we'd okay. been hanging out quite a while there. And you, th- my birthday present was a song.
1: Ah, yes.
3: And, man, it's still, obviously, it will always be the best gift I've ever gotten.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> for sure.
1: Thank and, you, yeah. I am
3: going to intro it a little bit, because the, the sliding door and all that, that was because you were drumming for Randy Weeks.
1: Randy Weeks.
3: Quite a bit. And, and Ramsey Midwood? And you... Well, for me, it was Randy. I would go see you play drum for Randy okay. at the cinema bar. And, you know, it wasn't over till, like, 2.30. You didn't even get to my house till 3.30 or 4.
1: Right, yeah. So
3: I had to crash. Right. And you had to come in through the sliding door. And that's where that line... Wasn't the it because
1: came. you had a roommate in the middle room, so I, Mercy. Couldn't, I couldn't walk... <laughs> That's what it was.
3: Miss Mercy was in the middle room. So I then. couldn't walk
1: through. The, you had, to, <laughs> you had right. to get through. You had to go through one room right, to get to, to your get bedroom to in the bedroom. back. But since yes. she was living in there at that moment, <laughs> I had to go through the <laughs> house and out the sliding door onto right. the back patio and in through Incorrect. the sliding door in into your the bedroom. the sliding door. Yes. All. Yeah. Oh. yeah.
3: Anyway, that was just be,
1: that showed up in the song. That's what you're yes. talking about. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So would you like to perform yeah. that?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh, I hope. I am. Counting my lucky stars
0: Rocky Pebble At her window She knows I'm back for more In through the sliding door a rustle at her curtain. Well, I rushed to meet her now. We found each other somehow. Counting my lucky stars tonight. Lying in loving arms and it feels alright. Counting my lucky stars, I hear the beat of another heart lying in loving arms tonight. Bedside candle softly burning. No place we gotta go. Ray Price on the Stereo sharing love and words of kindness. My nerves are settled now. The fever's left my brow, and I'm counting my lucky stars tonight. Lying in loving arms and it feels all right counting my lucky stars i hear the beat of another heart lying in loving arms tonight are settled now She does that for me somehow Counting my lucky stars tonight Lying in loving arms and it feels alright Counting my lucky stars I hear the beat of another Heart lying in loving arms tonight, and it feels all right, feels all right.
3: Oh, that blisses me out. Still, <laughs> so beautiful.
1: Thank you. Yes, I probably fest. couldn't afford a birthday present. So. <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> that
3: was so gorgeous. Uh,
1: thank you. I remember I did leave that on your doorstep. I think on a CD because you weren't home or something, right?
3: You sang it to me first.
1: Oh, I did. You did, and oh. then you gave me that. Okay, that's you gave fine, me this, what it was. Yeah, you gave CD me the CD, I which I still later.
3: have, of course. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of me...
1: Yes. I think you should... T- <laughs> of course we are.
3: <laughs> there was one point where I was making, Mike, all these shirts. I hadn't been inspired to make a cowboy shirt since I gave one to Grand Parsons that I made. And I was so inspired by you, Mike, that I started embroidering shirts for you. And... We, at one point, we, he had written the same amount of songs for me of sh- shirts I'd made for him.
1: Yeah. He <laughs> so, made uh, all <laughs> these amazing shirts with, like, sequins, and, and, and you got patches of, like, one was desert-themed. It was cactus yeah. and, and yeah. stars and stuff. and. Wow. uh uh oh, there were so many well
3: i copied um, one of the grandma initials on yeah, it i copied the gp, GP exactly MS, that right. i made for him
1: and it had stitching down the sp- in between the snaps all the way down the middle yeah. of the front and all I across sp- the back shoulders there'd be stuff and
3: i know i spent hours and hours yeah. on those
1: and uh, yeah, they were just very involved and so beautiful. And of course, I have them all. I mean, they really, they, they ought to be in a museum somewhere. They're so, not because of maybe me, someday. because of you. <laughs> no, and, you maybe
3: know, someday. <laughs> um,
1: they're they are just so cool. And uh, yeah. Um, they there were seven, Hours right? and hours yeah, each. And Yeah, at a mo- and at a, I remember at a particular point took, in time, yeah. I had, had s- written you like seven, seven songs, songs, and you had made me seven shirts or something Seven like that. shirts, it was so sweet. <laughs> It was.
3: It was actually an idyllic relationship, and so much of it had to do with music and love of the same people. Yeah. We love Dylan. You turned
1: me on to Dion. Yeah. Dion. So many cool people, and then and I. And
3: vice versa. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I took you to see
3: Ray, Ray Price. Over and
1: over and over, like and over
3: again. Yeah. In real corny places. Yeah. <laughs> we were by far. Even I was next to you, <laughs> the youngest person in yeah. the room. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'd go to those crazy casinos to yeah. see
3: Sometimes two nights in a people. row like maniacs.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Even though we did the exact same show to down to the breath.
1: Right. We yeah. wanted to see it again. Right. That was George Jones' famous line. There. Oh, if y'all keep on clapping like that, uh we'll play till two, three in the morning, we won't yeah. ever go home. And then know. he does his exact, exact same, same sixty <laughs> minute set. <laughs> stops on a dime. Exactly. And he's out.
3: Oh. But you know what? You just mentioned Dion, so let's play our favorite Dion
1: song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you took me to see Dion.
3: Yes. At first, in I, Vegas. Yes, the first time was in and, Vegas. And, you
1: know, I was vaguely aware of Dion and the Belmonts and Runaround Around Sue, just very vaguely. You yeah. Know, but you were like, no, no, Mike, you've got <laughs> to check this dude out. <laughs> Yes. And we went we had amazing seats, I remember. Uh, We were in a casino in Vegas and they had tables coming out from the stage. And we were at the end of the first table in the center. And he came out there and it was just like, oh, my God. I mean, as soon as the guy starts singing, it's just you're fighting back tears the whole time. Oh,
3: yeah, the whole time. Everyone thinks of Runaround Sue and the Wanderer. Yeah. Teenager in Love. There's so much more. He still sounds just like that. And he can do Teenager in Love and he can do Runaround Sue and he does them. And his second song is always Donna the Prima Donna, one of my favorites. But but Love Came to Me was my always my favorite Dion song. And you love it too. Oh yeah. You love it too.
1: And I played it for you uh, at your one of your birthday parties. My
3: sixtieth. Yes. My sixtieth birthday party. Everybody had to dress like the sixties. Right. And you surprised me by doing that song. That was a a very special moment. But let's let's hear Dion do it. Okay. Also love Elvis together
1: oh man yeah yes we went to Memphis yeah. oh, God. I think it might have been the first time I'd ever been to Memphis which was crazy because I'd been you know I'd done quite I a bit of touring the by I, then I, that
3: was the first time but I
1: hadn't been to Memphis and we went together to, and we went to see Bob Dylan with Merle, Merle Haggard Hager. opening what
3: about a freaking show like that
1: two nights in a row we went to both nights at the Orpheum Theater yeah. right off of Beale Street And then during the day, we went to Graceland. It was unbelievable.
3: Unbelievable. We bought the VIP package. I recommend this to everyone. It's only like $20 more or something. And you don't have to leave the grounds all day. You can stay there and do whatever you... You know, things are roped off, but I mean... You can just stare at the jungle room for two hours if you want to. <laughs> you, can, you can go inside the, the jet and wander around in there as long as you want. I mean, it's the only way to fly.
1: And we stayed in, the, in the, the place with the guitar shaped swimming pool. Yeah, across the we street. And we went to every single memorabilia shop oh, all God. up and down Elvis Presley Boulevard. And I remember we bought so much stuff that we had to go to a thrift store and buy a big giant suitcase, (laughs) an extra suitcase, and we packed it full of Elvis. I had a lamp and a beach towel and a shower curtain. And and a chair. (laughs) Oh, yeah, beach chair, (laughs) fold-out chair, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing
3: we got home with this stuff. I still, One of my favorite pictures of Mike is him. We laid out every single thing he bought, and he posed in the middle of it in in the hotel
1: room. And, oh, and the only thing that would play on the TVs in the whole hotel was were Elvis, Elvis movies. Elvis
3: movies. Oh, it was such a wonderful trip.
1: And we went to the Sun Studio during the oh, day. We yeah. did the Sun Studio tour and the stacks. And the stacks. Uh, it tour. was a,
3: just a perfect trip that we keep saying we're going to do again. Yeah. It was such an amazing trip. Yeah, you, it was. You, it, at, at Sun, you can stand where Elvis recorded these early, early songs and yeah. hold the mic he sang in. Yeah. Yeah. It was cosmic.
1: It was great. And you took a picture behind the desk with the Marion Keisker uh, nameplate there. (laughs) I have that picture still.
3: I know. I love it.
1: Yeah. Marion Keisker was... Elvis's, no, it was uh, well, Sam Phillips' secretary. Sam Phillips'
3: secretary for years and years, mm-hmm, right?
1: Who some say if she hadn't forward passed along the demo or something. Yeah, or no, yeah. Elvis went there to make a demo, but she was the one who tugged Sam Phillips' elbow or something and said, uh-huh. sleeve and said listen to this kid. You should kid. check this dude out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy.
3: And Dylan. How many times have we seen Dylan together? I mean, a lot. Yeah.
1: A lot of Bob Dylan shows together. We went multiple nights to... Numerous venues, (laughs) and any any chance we got to be in the same room with him, we would.
3: Yeah, and someone who understands Dylan the way we do each other, you know, that's such a connection. And we've often said if someone doesn't like Dylan or disses him, we do not want to know that person. (laughs) I I I would leave the room uh, if someone talks against Dylan, if they don't understand that he's the Shakespeare of our times. Correct. Yeah.
1: We have that in common. Yes, we do.
3: <laughs> well, I want to hear more of your stuff. Okay, let's let's move forward. Okay. Um, you did a couple of records. You did one with Charlie McGovern.
1: Right. I okay. did Two with Charlie McGovern.
3: Oh, two, right? So tell us about those records.
1: That was very early days. So I started uh, doing some gigs around town. I like can say after ten years of of drumming as hard as I could go, I put a little band together. Um, and really who was instrumental in making that happen was Tony Gilkyson,
3: Mm-hmm. one
1: of the world's greatest guitar yes, players. Yes, one of my lived. favorites. And coolest dude and great singer songwriter in his own right. And, uh, he, Charlie McGovern knew him from doing various session work together. And so when, uh, Charlie, I think was the first person who said, I like these songs you're doing, Mike. You know, and 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 he was had all the recording equipment, and was an engineer and a producer. Mm-hmm. He said, "Why don't we make a record for you?" You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love to do that." And he called Tony and said, "Tony, would you?" i my mean, buddy Mike. You know, you know him, the drummer, Mike Stinson. He's got some songs, and man, I'd love for you to hear him. I think it'd be great if you'd play some guitar with him. And so, got together with Tony. First time we ever hung out, we recorded. Late Great Golden State and Worthless, I think, sitting on the couch side-by-side side with acoustic guitars, mm-hmm. and those were the versions that went on that first well. record. And then Tony volunteered his band. He, he was, already had a band in Hollywood. He had Kip Boardman playing bass, and he had Jason Moore playing the drums. And he said, Mike, man, these songs are great. Why don't we do a show? I can get you a gig at the Silver Lake Lounge, Yeah. and my band will back you up. Let's do it. And that was just instantly, you know, I had a band, and we were off and running. And, and then uh, you
3: did another record with him,
1: right? Did a second record in that same old funky house yeah. in North Hollywood, oh, and I, uh, I
3: love that house. The
1: last Fool of the Bar record and uh, mm-hmm. some slightly different members, shakeups here and there. a lot of different people came in on that. Josh Grange and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of our friends played on that. Yeah, uh, was it Chris Lawrence, I believe, on steel and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, that was the first one was like two thousand two, I think. The second one was two thousand five. Yeah. Wow. Always takes me forever to get these things together. <laughs> well, I always think the next one I'm just going to go in and do it, knock I, it out. <laughs> it's going to be done. We're not going to sit around and watch the paint dry, you know, yeah. but no matter what, something always takes 2 years.
3: Well, I want to hear some of your songs. I want to hear Box I Take to Work. Okay. You know, before we run out of time, which I think it's about to happen. But Box I Take to Work, I want to hear for sure.
1: The box I Take to Work.
3: Yeah. Let's tell You want to tell a little bit about it?
1: Um, it was one day I was I opened in my suitcase. You know, I carry all my pedals and cables and tuners and picks and capos and breath mints and <laughs> throat coat and you know, whatever else. All that stuff we carry around to these gigs, extra strings. And I was opening it one day. It's always just a big jumbled up mess of stuff. And, you know, when you play in the four nights a week or more and you have to deal with it every single day you know I just remember one day I was opening it up trying to kind of clean it up rearrange yeah. it get rid of some stuff whatever yeah. and I was pulling the items out one by one and just like yeah okay I got so here's a so, tuner something that can tune me up yeah. here's a thing wind oh. me down peg winder and here's a thing and he just I just started you know I just made the song it's a list song you know uh-huh and uh, songs that are lists as a, something of, that I picked up from Bob Dylan. You know, I heard him mention something about a list song somewhere along the line an interview, you know, and you look back at a lot of his songs, oh, he's, yeah, he's making a list of the things that apply to this particular theme, you know. So mm-hmm. hey, box I take to work, that's probably more than you ever want to know about it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I asked. <laughs>
0: I got a box I take to work It's full of stuff I guess I need And when the top pops up Looks like one of everything I've ever seen If it was a garden, there'd be weeds growing over And sometimes I still laugh at how crazy I drove her And I still want to show her that I got it together and so I wrote it all down and this is kind of a letter. I got something in there that can tune me up, something in there that can wind me down and high got a bunch of replacement parts for every time I come unwound and I got three good chords. I can count on, yeah, but two of them are mine and others unknown. I got gold tokens, colored tickets, and if we're short on juice, I got a power strip in case I start to melt. I got an extra shirt, yeah, and that's all in the box I take to work. I can fix bruises and blisters and cuts and scrapes to go with the pain I got some George Jones tapes I got stuff for my lips stuff for my nails and attitude adjuster for when all else fails I got three prong adapters and wire cutters something dried in the bottom and it looks like it was butter matches and picks Band aids and razors and a roll and a half of cool, med breath savers if you tried to ring it up. You would need a clerk, yeah, and that's all in the box I take to work. Yeah, the box I take to work. And I got two mics in there, but one's for the birds. And I keep pens and papers in case I got words. And a Willie Nelson bandana, clean things off. And a bottle of something says it's good for a cough. And I got a road map that goes from L.A. to Boston. And a demo from a cute girl singer in Austin torn envelope that says ban money let me tell you that's an oxymoron honey why did i ever go to school she still thinks i'm a jerk and that's all in the box i take to work yeah that's all in the box i take to work That's all in the box I take to work Full of stuff I guess I need I got a box I take to work Full of stuff I guess I need I got a box I take to work Full of stuff I guess I need I guess I need that stuff I guess I need that stuff.
3: S- s- that says a lot.
1: It's <laughs> a lot of words in it. I know
3: it says so <laughs> much.
1: That's uh, completely true. And
3: now that is on your most recent, one, right? Yes, Hell and it is. Helen, half of Georgia.
1: Yep, Helen, half of Georgia. Right, yeah, that's yeah. your
3: fourth CD. That's my
1: fourth record. Record. And, Let's go CD. Now it's fine, either one. Well, it's all the same. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah, and that uh, that one is, is like five years old now. Yeah, it's it's uh, I'm due. Uh, I gotta trying to work out all the details, to get and my a, next one made. I and got
3: it's got coming up. A bunch
1: of cool tunes for it, like the one we did uh, in the beginning.
3: Yes, and 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 I know we've. I want you to do one, one more right now. Okay. And then I want you to do one more after that. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if we have enough chit chat time if we keep chit chatting. I want to. Hear, I, I want will. people to hear you sing. Now, you don't get nothing done, is on your next one too, right?
1: That'll be on my on your next one. Newest coming next thing coming up. Yeah, yeah. You want to hear that one? Yes, I do. All right.
3: It's one of my favorites. Okay. my
1: favorites so, let's see.
0: hey you're so busy all the time but you don't get nothing done you're just deeper in the hole. Faster home run Father in the red straight into the sun. You're so busy all the time But you don't get nothing done You're getting letters and calls But you can only answer some You're losing the light and you're losing the heat Man, and it ain't no fun You move it with your mind Yeah, but it weighs a ton You're so busy all the time you don't get nothing done Yeah, what you been doing Where you been going to When are you ever coming home? How do you make it? And is your faith unshakable? Who do you reach for when you're alone? You run into a friend When you were 21 He says, man, you're looking grim Are you getting any, sun? What happened to the wheels? Yeah, with the 318 engine, you're so busy all the time. But you don't get nothing done. You don't get nothing done. No, you don't get nothing done. You just don't get nothing done. She to see you some You know dad's gonna head back south Yeah, when the winter comes And we don't want to slow you down And we just want to see our son You're so busy all the time You don't get nothing done Yeah, what happened to the wheels We used to have much fun now you're so busy all the time you don't get nothing done you don't get nothing done no you don't get nothing done you just don't get nothing done
3: Every time you sing the line about the, you know your folks and missing our son and everything, I just I tear up.
1: Uh, How yeah. many times
3: I've heard it, it just still happens because I happen to know your parents too.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dad used to go sell produce in uh, Florida every winter. Yeah. So uh, you know, Dad's uh, gonna head back south yes. when the winter comes. Was uh, was that was our lives for yeah. a bunch of years there. Uh. And he'd be gone for <clears throat> like three months every winter. He was a uh, produce salesman and i don't say itinerant i mean he but it, he, he did that seasonal work yeah, where he right, had to go right. to florida and we were in school so we couldn't go you know we we had to stay in virginia and um so yeah boy we'd like to see you some dad's gonna head back south when the winter comes no. oh. <laughs> we don't want to slow you down we just want to see our son you know oh,
3: god but you're so busy all the time
1: Busy all that's, the time. That's,
3: that's really a lesson to every everybody nowadays. So don't get nothing
1: done. Yeah. That's uh, one of those Just, songs. That's uh, that's supposed to. Um, every now and then you got to have a song to scare the children. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, remember. Make them uh, think,
3: shake it up a little.
1: Was it Harry Chapin had uh, The Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon? Remember that one? Yeah. About the kid growing up, and at first. The kid wants the dad's time, but the dad's oh, too busy. Yes. And then later, the oh, dad no, wants the rending. kid's time, yeah. but he, the kid's too <gasps> busy. And yeah. Oh, God. Five on that one. Anyway.
3: Well, I sure have enjoyed talking to you. I want to know. What, like. I always enjoy talking to him. <laughs> Not just here and now. Um, um, I want to f- find out what's up with you now before I ask you to do oh, yeah. another song about well, me.
1: <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I moved to Houston, Texas, ten years ago, and uh, to you know try to uh, just expand my horizons as a singer-songwriter in the yes. rootsy country realm. And there seemed to be a lot of work in Texas, you know. So I'm down there now. Um, I play the Continental Club in Austin, Texas, every single Tuesday night, which is ground zero for roots rock clubs in America and the world. In my opinion, it's one of the coolest clubs there is. Agreed. And so, uh, I've been very, very happy to hold down the Tuesday night residency there for two years and uh, be in the company of the other guys that have residencies there: uh, James McMurtry every Wednesday, and John mm-hmm. D. Graham, and Dale Watson, and a lot of great people. Amazing in lineup. And out of that club every week. I do that, and then I have gotten back into some drumming. Um, I'm actually have just uh, signed on. I've, I've been playing some drums for Jesse Dayton, who's a killer hillbilly rocker from uh, Beaumont, Texas. That um, that uh, we've been friends for many years. He produced my third album, and so we've been in and out of touch with each other for a long, long time. We have we had a side band for a while that I played drums in, and so he knew I could play the drums and he his, his drummer recently quit after four years and uh, Jesse's on the road constantly and so I'm at the moment I am the drummer in the Jesse Dayton band and uh, we just went to England for 10 days and it was awesome he's really big <laughs> over there he plays festivals and we had a, just a blast and uh, now we're about to go out on the road for two months yeah so. Uh, and
3: I know you love bashing those
1: drums. Oh, man, yeah, it's so much fun. I took such a long, long break from <laughs> yeah, doing it you because yeah. I didn't want to confuse people in Texas about what I was doing. Right. right, I, right. I did confuse people in LA for years. Oh, oh, we're going to see Mike tonight. Oh, yeah. And then they get there, and the people who knew me as a drummer are like, What are you doing singing? This is this is horrible, you know. And busy uh, <laughs> <laughs> people no, it was who were horrible. used to seeing me sing, and then they'd get, Oh, we thought you were singing tonight. You're drumming? Uh huh. <laughs> you know. So when yeah. I moved to Texas I, I got rid of all my drums. I said, No, nope, I'm going down there with my guitars and establish myself as a singer songwriter in Texas which I did. And um but now I'm back to playing some drums with some friends and it feels really good.
3: And it's not confusing anymore, but it knows you can do not both. Not really ever
1: yeah, yeah. It's yes. more like it was better to, to you know, know me as a singer and then and then the drumming thing, uh it's just something I, I can do and still do, and it's and I got this great opportunity with Jesse. His band is super cool, and uh, I just could not say no. And so we're about to head out for two months, all over America,
3: and back to England.
1: Back to England. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough.
3: Well, I'm really glad you decided to do that. I know you were torn.
1: Yes, I was. Yeah. That's a long way. I've never stepped away from my own band yeah, yeah. that long to do something else. But if it's, it was definitely it's, it's the right decision, I just couldn't turn it down. It sounded like too much fun.
3: Which we enjoy. Too much fun is always fun.
1: <laughs> right.
3: Okay. I want to um, ask you to sing Beauty Queen Eyes oh, yeah. to close us out. Okay. Um, and I want you guys to listen to the, You know, I am a lyric whore. I'm a proud lyric whore. <laughs> and I want you to listen to these words. Um, the last line of this song, I, I almost passed out when I heard it at first <laughs> because it's the best line a man has ever written for a woman ever. That's what <laughs> okay. I think about it
1: cool. I'll take that. Uh, Beauty Queen Eyes. Yes, one time, I forget you'd paid me a compliment and I just said you said that I had something. I forget what it was and I said uh, well you have Beauty Queen Eyes. Yes,
3: you looked right into my eye. I remember it was standing right in front of the TV in the living room. You looked and you said you have Beauty Queen Eyes.
1: And then I was like, well that sounds like a song title. (laughs) Yes. Oh.
0: She's the flagship of her gender Full of grace and splendor Down to earth has lemonade And eaten pumpkin pie And if you take a look at her You'll need another She's a woman with beauty queen eyes Only the finest Her royal highness Helps all us creatures too reach for the sky she's at home in laurel canyon she's at home in culver city she's a woman with beauty queen eyes she's a woman with the beauty queen eyes she's the standard to which all the girls try to rise other terms and conditions don't apply to the woman with beauty queen eye. And she can dance across the desert drift along the shoreline and tap you on the shoulder and you know you've won a prize you can take her to las vegas you can take her to mar vista she's the woman with beauty queen eyes she's the woman with the beauty queen eyes she's the standard to which all the girls try to rise other terms and conditions don't apply to the woman with beauty queen eyes and by her grace i am sanctified she's the woman with beauty queen eyes
3: You know, I know I've done something right in this life to have a song like that written about me. Thank you, Mike Stinson.
1: (laughs) You're so welcome. Okay. a great pleasure.
3: And thank you for being here.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. Wonderful. Best of luck with the podcast. It sounds really cool. All the kids are doing it, so... Yes. (laughs) We need to get in on some of it. I
3: thought I would jump on the old bandwagon.
1: Damn right.
3: Okay. I'm in
1: here on the grime floor. I like it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you guys next time. And don't forget to check out all of Mike Stinson's records. He's got four of them. And you'll find him. Just Google his name, the genius Mike Stinson, and you'll get all of his stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today or tonight, whenever it is. Okay, bye, dolls.
0: boy, you better get out of bed Drag a comb across your aching head You get home, you better bring me some bread Cut and fade to red I may have to do it But I don't have a like it I may have to do it But I don't have a like it I may have to do it, do it, do it, do it. Don't have a like it Ball said, son, you better punch it at night You better give me a sign Cause we're rolling the sun don't shine
2: Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at
1: www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase.